Hello and welcome to the Down to the Wire podcast. As always, I'm your host, Varun Shankar. Joining me now on the line is T-Shop senior writer, Abi Adhikari. Abi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Let's talk about some hip-hop because right now is a golden age for that type of music. It's never been more popular. You look at the top 15 songs on Spotify's United States Top 50, they're all hip-hop songs. Everyone loves hip-hop, and especially us at the T-Shop, we're big fans, and that's why Avi and I are going to take a look back at some of the biggest hip-hop albums, artists, and events over the past few months. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right, let's start with this. What was the album of the summer in terms of hip-hop music to you? I'd have to say the album of the summer was Drake's Scorpion. It provided just so many good songs and so many bangers, and it just exemplified what summer is all about. All right, let's go through the album a little bit. What was your favorite song from it? So my favorite would be maybe Finesse or Mob Ties. Mob Ties I really like, but to me, the best song from the album had to be Nonstop. I mean, I mean that's a classic Drake song right there. Like Portland was a great example of this, where Drake just has these songs that may not be the most advanced in terms of technical produ- producing, but they're just extremely energetic, and that's that's exactly what Nonstop brought for me. Uh, any other songs that you particularly liked? Let's see. Can't Take a Joke. That delivered a really good melody, but also had some fantastic bars in there. All right. Let's move on and talk about the song of the summer. And for me, this one was really simple. It had to be another Drake song, In My Feelings, because... Listen, when you talk about a song in the summer, it's got to be a song that captivates the attention of the people. And I feel like In My Feelings did exactly that. I mean, it sparked its own sensation with the Shiggy Challenge. And you can't go many places without hearing it, even today. I completely agree. You know, that challenge took the internet by storm. It flooded Instagram, Twitter, and even Facebook in some some cases. Uh, I'd have to agree, yeah, In My Feelings is definitely the song of the summer for me, too. All right, let's move on to some of the more dark elements of hip-hop. Dark in a matter of speaking, but uh, let's talk about some of the big-time rapper beefs. Let's start with Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. Walk me through this. All right, so I think it started when Machine Gun Kelly tweeted Eminem. I think it was two years ago, or maybe it was a year ago, about Eminem's daughter, Haley. Machine Gun Kelly tweeted, Okay, so I just saw a picture of Eminem's daughter, and I have to say she is hot as F in the most respectful way possible, because M is king. However, that totally did not sit well with uh, Haley's father, Eminem. And then um, Machine Gun Kelly, he sent shots at Eminem in a song he was featured on with Tech 9 I think the song was called No Reason. He said, it's only one option. You gonna need a doctor. I ain't talking about the one from Compton. I pop cherries and pop stars. You popsicles is not hard. Popped in on, on the top charts out on Cops Card to remind y'all that Y'all, you just rap and not God, and I don't care who got bars. So that's a shot at Eminem through him saying that he's rap God, right? Yeah, definitely. All right, so then how did Eminem respond to all this? And then Eminem, he just dropped a surprise album, Kamikaze. And in that, it was filled with disses against rappers, but especially Machine Gun Kelly. On the track Not Alike, he officially came from Machine Gun Kelly, he said, but next time you don't got to use Tech 9 if you want to come at me with a submachine gun. And I'm talking to you because you already know who the, who the F you are, Kelly. I don't use sublims and sure as F don't sneak this. But keep commenting on my daughter, Haley. God damn. All right. So we can tell that these guys don't like each other. And then Machine Gun Kelly had an answer, didn't he? He definitely did. He hit back. He hit back Eminem with a diss track. I think it was called Rap Devil. So in the chorus of the song, he says, I'm sick of them sweatsuits and them corny hats. Let's talk about it. 
I'm sick of you being rich and you still mad. Let's talk about it. Both of us single dads from the Midwest, we can still talk about it. Or we can get gully. I'll size up around your body and put some white chalk around it. All right, so that's clearly some inflammatory lyrics. And that's not the only guy Machine Gun Kelly's had some issues with. It seems like he and G-Eazy, who I know you really like, have had some issues in the past. Definitely. I love G-Eazy. So on August 31st, G-Eazy fired back when he unleashed the track Bad Boy. He has this great line in the song where he says, MGK, please stop trolling me. Get over me. You want to be me. You're mad that you're not as big as me. I'm everywhere. I'm your nightmare. You can't get rid of me. Call an Uber. Turn on the radio. Imagine hearing me. Him and eyes on. Mad, at, mad, at, mad you're listening to Halsey sing to me. He solemnly raps. So basically... Machine Gun, uh, Machine Gun Kelly totally got shot down by Eminem and by g -Eazy. So it's not a great time to be Machine Gun Kelly. Let's move on to another big-time rap beef between Travis Scott and Nicki Minaj. And listen, I don't really even understand this one. It's something about merch sales and how Travis was ahead of Nicki, and Nicki feels snubbed and disrespected by Spotify, and she's going everywhere saying she wants to punch Travis. Help me out here. So basically what happened was is that uh, Travis Scott has been um, teasing Astroworld for the last two years, I think. It's been a really long time. And so when he officially dropped the release date, Spotify picked it up and they went um, completely berserk with the advertising. You know, when Travis Scott dropped his album Astroworld, it was the same day that Nicki Minaj dropped Queen. And Nicki Minaj felt that Travis Scott Scott's album was more advertised than, than hers and that Spotify didn't do her album justice. Uh huh. Is that true or is that just Nicki feeling snubbed for no reason? Well, when I was on Spotify, when both albums dropped, I think it was a little true. I didn't see any advertising for Queen, but I did see much more advertising for Astroworld. You know, he was on the pictures for the um, top 50 albums and the Rap Caviar um, playlist. So I think, I think they, Spotify did Hit Nicki Minaj. All right, let's move on to the final rap beef we got here today. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. We knew this was going to happen. It was kind of bubbling up. There was a little bit of tension. They worked on a track together along with Migos, Mortisport, but there was always a little bit of underlying tension with these two. And listen, they're both female rappers trying to capture the same type of market. Nicki had this market kind of locked down before, and then Cardi started to, you know, encroach on her territory, and I don't think Nicki felt too happy about that, huh? So I agree. Um, when, even when they collabed on Motorsport which with the Migos, they did um, seem to be sending some shots to each other. So um, there were some sneak disses for each other, um, and both of them, both of them, like kind of steered steered clear of the rumors. But uh, it was definitely there um, even when Motorsport came out. Got it. All right. So. We're done with the beast for now. Talking about people fighting is getting kind of exhausting. So let's talk about uh, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Let's talk about his... He dropped an album over the summer, uh, and the real the song that really stuck out was Feels Like Summer, which is... You know, it's, it wasn't an exceptional song by any stretch of the imagination, but it was very interesting when you looked back at it, looked back at the lyrics, and especially the video. So let's take a look first at these lyrics. So... He says here, seven billion souls that move around the sun, rolling faster, faster, not a chance to slow down. I mean, this is him kind of talking about the rat race that is society, isn't it? I think so, too. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you could take it really literally and talk about, like, rolling faster and faster, not a chance to slow down, like population growth, but also how competitive um, a lot of the industry is becoming right now. Right. And then he says... 
Men who made machines that want what they decide. Parents trying to tell their children, please slow down, slow down. Now, you could take this in both ways. Like you said, it could be about overpopulation, but it could also be about the rat race that is society and how Gambino wants to make it feel differently. Because we've seen with Gambino, his songs, while they at the surface can seem very, very mundane without a, without a specific meaning, there's a lot of times there's a deeper meaning that he brings in and it's truly incredible to see what he's able to do. Yeah, I think so. And um, that, that line, I think it might might refer to like political machines and parties is that like the people who made them are the ones who decide where they go. And um, so when it says parents are trying to tell their tell their children, please slow down, is that like the people it's different from what the people want. And maybe he's trying to send out um, like a little bit of a political message there. Gambino hasn't shied away from politics. We saw that in his This Is America video. And he brings up some more social issues when he says, every day gets hotter than the one before, running out of water, it's about to go down. Now, I mean, this is clearly about the environment, isn't it? I definitely think so. You know, when you talk about, like, about, about like how uh, California is having water scarcity issues, but also, like, around the world there's water scarcity issues. So it could be that Gambino is taking an environmental perspective and he's, and he's really advocating for about how we need to be scarce with our resources. All right, now let's talk about this video, because if you just watch the video at a base level, it just seems like most uh, hip-hop videos a little bit more specific, because it's all cartoon, and it's a who's who of the rap world. You start off with Lil Pump and Trippy Red. You've got 21 Savage, Metro Booming, Kodak Black, Migos, Chance the Rapper, Will Smith, Nicki Minaj, ASAP Rocky, Kanye, Beyonce... Two chains, and I haven't even listed half the people on here. So, looking at it at the base level, it doesn't seem like it's much. But then I saw this comment from a YouTube, uh, from a YouTuber. I'm trying to find the comment right now, and it really opens your eyes to see maybe this is what uh, what Gambino meant. So, what he think, what it sounds like is he's walking down the streets of the the hip hop. He's walking down the streets of yeah. rap. And then at the end, he goes into a house, and in that house are a bunch of R&B legends like James Brown, uh, Whitney Houston, etc. And it seems like this is him saying that his last album, which he has said is going to be his last, is going to be strictly R&B that he's done with rap. You know, I think so, that um, he, he uh, portrayed so many legends in this music video. And uh, there's this one scene where uh, Kanye gets hugged by Michelle Obama. Right. And I think, I think that's hat. really, like, that's really the, like, the crux of what Gambino is. He's trying to incorporate everything. And, you know, he's done so much rap in the past that now it might be time for an R&B uh, perspective I mean, for his music. You say that he's done a lot of rap in the past, but it's been a while since he did a full rap album. I mean, you talk about Awaken My Love. That wasn't a full-on rap album by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it was... Mostly R and B, if not all R and B, wasn't it? Yeah, um, R and B, but um, I think soul could also be the like the genre of soul music can also be applied to it. Um, well, his last his last actual rap album was because the internet, and oh, that was in twenty. Such a good album. So that was that was an amazing album, and you know, like the whole storyline that went on that went along with it, that was great. Uh, and I think he's just trying to explore more perspectives before he can uh, retire the Gambino name. Mm-hmm. Alright, so listen, if Gambino is in fact done with rap and after his next album seems like he's going to be done with music, it's going to be a, a very interesting career when we look back on it because he had some 
truly incredible songs. You think about 3005, Bonfire, Redbone, This Is America, and of course Feels Like Summer. But then a lot of his songs are almost, you can't listen to them because of how strange they are, right? I agree. There's so many like strange songs, like you said. And especially on the Awaken My Love album. Yeah. Like Boogeyman or um, even Riot. That one is, like, they're just like like different songs. That, like I, I had never heard something like that from a rapper before. I mean, it's really interesting to see how he adjusted his style. And I have to admit, it was one of the more interesting, he's one of the more interesting artists I think we'll ever see in a way that Kanye, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, redefined music with his album Graduation. I think Gambino's largely redefined how uh, rap and R&B have been fused together in a way. I definitely think so. And, you know, like not only was he a trendsetter in the world of hip hop, but he was also a trendsetter within the world of like television with Atla- with his shows like Atlanta, you know, community. He's won Emmy Awards for and he's also a comedian. So he's really been like a pioneer in uh, more field more fields than one. I, he's going to be acting in the new Lion King movie. So I think for Gambino and Donald Glover, as we're going to have to call him soon, when he does move on from music, it's not going to be because he's trying to get out of the public light. I think it's more because he's trying to shift his focus to things that are honestly probably more lucrative for him in acting. I agree. I definitely agree. And listen, seeing what he's done so far, the sky's the limit for him and his talent. So now let's move on. We talked about Scorpion, but now let's talk about World. What did you think of the album? Honestly, I thought it was a bit overhyped. You know, listen, it wasn't a bad album, but coming off of like great hits like um, like Rodeo and Days Before Rodeo and then Beeb's, uh, Birds in the Trap, that was a great album and Rodeo was com- like fantastic. Yeah. So when you go from something like that and release Astroworld, which was, you know, teased for two so years long. or over two years, um, I thought it was a bit underwhelming. I think uh, it wasn't a bad album, and there were some good songs in there. Like a Sicko Mode was good. I think uh, Stargazing Dream. was a pretty good school. Uh, sorry, Stargazing was a pretty good song. But other than that, I didn't really see anything that stood out to me. I liked um, Who What and Houston Forni- Fornication. Mm-hmm. Those were my two favorite songs on the album, aside from Butterfly Effect. Mm-hmm. Oh, was... I mean Butterfly Effect. We already know about that's one of the, right. that's probably his best song to date. But other than uh, that. Think... Yeah. Drake's verse on Sicko Mode really made it like like that, that a standout song from that album. I love the beginning of Sicko Mode where he comes in, Drake comes in, and then mm-hmm. after that it stops and then it moves on to a different uh, beat. And I wish they just stuck with the beginning beat because it was so good. And if they'd stuck with it and given Drake a chance to rap over that, I think it could have been a better song than it was because it's a great song right now, but I feel like it could have been even better. You know, I think so too. And... Uh, well, when they did the the two beat switches, I think there were I think there were a total of like uh, three beats, three different beats in right. the in the song. Uh, I think he was just trying to play around with it. Um, to be honest, I don't know how serious he was in making the song, and maybe he was just being experimental, you know, with the likes of uh, ASAP Rocky, like so all of those kind of rappers. Maybe he was just trying to um, see what like. Test the, test the pool, you know, and see, see what he could do. Mm-hmm. I've got a question for you about Scott in general. He's got some great individual songs, but is he great at making co- cohesive albums? Because he's great with the auto and that's probably his biggest strength as a rapper, but 
with that autotune, does he run the risk of having all his songs sound the same? Yeah, so I think I think that's the one downfall of his, uh, you know, un- unique use of the autotune is that a lot of his songs kind of blend into one another. In Astroworld especially, um, his use of the autotune, it kind of blended the songs together. And, you know, may- maybe that was a creative decision. Maybe that was his choice that he wants to create, um, you know, a, like a story instead of individual songs. But I didn't like that I couldn't tell uh, one song from another, you know, from like no bystanders to skeletons, like stuff like that. Like the transitions were really hard for me to make out when listening to it at once. And so when you overuse that autotune that he's so famous for, it kind of makes the songs um, like dull a little bit. And they kind of sound like one another, like you ju- like you were saying. You talked about ASAP Rocky there and he dropped a new album as well, Testing. What did you think of that? Testing was one of my most favorite albums of 2018. You know, it had so many good songs. Um, you start off with a- the ASAP Forever remix with oh, Moby, so T.I., and Kid Cudi. And that remix is, in my opinion, one of the best remixes of um, an original hip-hop song. You know, like, just like The Weeknd had the remix of Reminder, mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky's Forever remix, I think it added a whole a whole, bunch, whole different dimension to the song and more flavors. And we finally got an answer to what ASAP means, always striving and prospering, which is really nice because... I mean, we've seen ASAP Yams died, and ASAP Rocky is ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg are the two only remaining members of that group, and it's nice to see that there was a meaning behind that and not just something there. Yeah, I think that gave like a really good message out to his listeners that ASAP isn't just a random moniker. You know, it actually means something, and that's like his motto. Right. All right. I told you before you showed up here to pick one other album that I wanted. To, I already t- told you to talk about one of your favorite albums. You picked which one? I picked 1.5 by Amine. I think it was the one of the most underrated albums of the summer. Um, he just dropped it. There weren't, there wasn't any like, there wasn't any warning really. And I think it had some like really good songs. I mean, I love the song. Reel it in was one that I really thought was different. And then Why was just one that I've been playing again and again and again. I just love the sound of it. And then one more, Shine. It really reminded me of a Brockhampton song. Yes, Shine. It was really, it was really Brockhampton esque. And you know, like the thing I really liked about this album is that Amina straight away from using the Migos flow. You know, it, it's so popular in hip hop music now. The triplet flow, everyone uses it. Migos, Future, even Nav. Sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. all of these rappers they're trying to hop on that bandwagon, and it's not a bad thing. You know, it is. It's like it's the direction of hip hop. It's the style that's popular right now. But I think it's great that um, Amine decided to uh, stray away from that and use use his own style, you know, his own ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, for me, I picked Flamingo and Koval by Bobby Fino. This is something that I've just absolutely loved since it came out. Uh, Bobby Fino's uh, also known as Arian Foster. For any NFL fans listening to this, you'll know him. He was a great running back for the Texans and then later for the Dolphins. And this album, for it's his debut album, first ever time, producing any type of music and it's so good it sounds like a veteran who's been in the business for 10 plus years i mean you go from the second song of the album watermelon sunrise which watermelon sunrise which shifts between a melody and just incredible bars by fino in a way that i haven't seen from many artists and you talk about a song like peace which goes to a very electronic beat and then wine bottles and cheese finally which is a really interesting song that uh, gets real fast 
as you get near the end. All right, last thing I'm going to talk about before we leave, let's talk about Kanye West because, oh my God, how big a fall it's been for Kanye. He started out with that great debut album, College Dropout, and then in 2007, he dropped Graduation, which can we do, we could say that Graduation redefined music forever, can't we? I agree. Graduation was a um, record setter or an, and even like a pioneer album in terms of like uh, the impact it had on hip hop. Right. It brought hip hop away from the stereotypical gangster rap that had dominated before. And Kanye's success over a rapper like 50 Cent is solely because of his new style and the way that hip hop has changed. And you can see that change in almost every song that's made today. But since then, it's been pretty bad for Kanye, and after the Poopity Scoop <laughs> song, uh, can we say that Kanye's washed? I mean, is he done? You know, I think I think that Kanye's on the verge. He's on that tipping point where he he either can make a great comeback, um, kind of like what Eminem did with Kamikaze, you know, after his the album before Kamikaze, right? So Revival, it really wasn't a rap album, you know? It was more like a pop album. And so Eminem came back, hit us with Kamikaze. I think Kanye West has that chance. He's at the tipping point where he either can come back and drop a great album and revive his career, or really, he can watch it die out. Yeah. I mean, you talk about his summer, and it's been really a jam-packed summer. You started with Ye, which was largely disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I listened to it the first time, thought some of the songs were decent. And then re-listening to it, nothing sticks out like they do on his previous albums. Then uh, he did produce Daytona by Pusha T, which was maybe the... I mean, it's up there with the best album of the summer. I agree. Daytona had some really good songs, um, such as If You Know, You Know. That was a great song. And, you know, right after he dropped this album, he dropped the story of Added On exposing Drake. Certainly something Drake did not want out there. And Drake addressed it to his credit on Scorpion saying... I wasn't trying to hide my son from the world. I was trying to hide the world from my son. That's the cat's out of the bag now. But uh, after that, after Daytona, Kanye came back and he dropped an album with Kid uh, Kid Cudi, Kid See Ghost. And while it wasn't as bad as Ye, it wasn't good either. I agree. It was kind of a mediocre album. And I think it was it was um, that push that he was starting. And with Kid Cudi, you know, he hasn't had um, a really big hit in a while, too. So um, I think it was that it was that push that they want to get their careers back on track. Yeah, and then you come out with this latest latest album, and it, it wasn't an album; it was just one release of a song, a com- collab he did with Lil Pump. And I don't know if there's any symbol of the times that's more damning to Kanye than him standing in an oversized big square suit <laughs> wearing oversized slides next to Little Pump trying to somehow regain some popularity. I, th- I think he's done. I think he's washed. I think it's over for him. You know, I saw that music video for that uh, for that song, and I really thought it was at that point that he had lost it, that he was trying to pull whatever stunts he could to bring back his career. And if he's going in this direction, well... It's, it's going to be over for him. It, it, it is rough, no matter what you think of Kanye. And honestly, if you're a music fan, you should be rooting for Kanye to come back and have a great album released the next time something of his drops. Uh, we're about done here. Thank you so much, Abi. Thank you, Vern. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Down to the Wire, presented by the T-Shop Podcast Network. Go to the T-Shop2020.wordpress.com for great articles about sports, 
movies, and pop culture. As always, rate, review, and subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rune Shunker, signing off.